Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Precision. Uh, We turned the ball over. You know, uh, simple mistakes stuff that we can control. I think you look at what we did at the beginning of the year, how we took care and shared the ball, and then what we're doing in the past six games is it's not who we are, and um, you know, there's not really much coach can say. It's really just on us in the locker room uh, to figure it out. Donovan Mitchell after the Utah Jazz get blown out by the Lakers. PK, this one got away in the first quarter and it was really never in doubt. Chance of Let's go, Lakers, ringing out through the arena. And the Laker bench just annihilating the Jazz. I thought it was one of the more embarrassing losses that they've had in a long time because you had Dwight Howard with no shoes on coming out on the floor. They're just laughing at them in the second half. Yeah, and the Jazz never made a run. You knew by the middle of the second quarter, uh-oh, this one's pretty much in trouble. And, yeah, and I, I was at home watching the uh, college game and, of course, uh, flicking over to the NBA game. And then the NBA game, well, it ended about by the time Utah State came on, so there wasn't much of an overlap there. But there was nothing going on. And, man, it's one thing to lose, but they've been getting smoked lately. Dwight Howard was plus 19 in 19 minutes. That, I mean, that just can't happen. Caruso is plus 14. LeBron, after the game, is looking at the stat sheet, and he's saying, yeah, our bench won the game for us. Kyle and uh, Rondo are plus 25. You're like, good grief. I mean, that, there was just no resistance. There was no pushback. There was no, they just, they just took it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a difference between your mother and my mother. You go good grief. I said something just a little bit stronger. Yeah, I know, but it's on the radio, so you can't say anything stronger. Yeah, but, I mean, if people knew you, I mean, good grief yeah, is about could. as strong as you get. Well, there have been some breaks. <laughs> this commercial breaks gets pretty randy in there. All right, Jazz now uh, off for a couple days, and they are back at it Saturday against Memphis. The schedule is lightening up here. They got to play better. They can't be blowing these games, and it's uh, it's been a bad enough stretch as it is now. That's a uh, 120 points or more that they've conceded in five of the last seven games. You can't be giving up points like that. I mean, that is just there's a stretch there in the second half. It was just one backdoor layup after another. It's literally a layup drill. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Dallas Mavericks do it again. Luka Doncic, a more more reasonable 22 points. Not a uh, (laughs) out-of-this-world spectacular, just a rock-solid, yeah, 22. What about it? No big deal. really. (laughs) Mavericks beat the Timberwolves 121 to 114. (laughs) Uh, The Warriors are coming in here pretty soon. They just keep getting drilled. They lost to Charlotte by 15. What do you think for the Warriors this year? Is it like 10 wins? Is it 15 wins? Well, I think it would be kind of cool just a couple years after setting the record for most wins to follow it up with the least amount of uh, wins and are the most losses, however you want to look at it. The worst record ever. Yeah, so you'd have the best record ever and the worst at this point. Why not? <laughs> Go for the gusto. Yeah. Book That's the thing I don't understand about the Jazz because in prior, most recent prior years when they've had good ball clubs, they'd always play the Warriors tough. 
And the Warriors would acknowledge that. Kevin Durant acknowledged that on multiple occasions, right? And here, they're just getting slaughtered. And the Lakers obviously just creaming them. Yeah. It's something that, you know, losing is losing. I get it. Ultimately, 1.10 points, 20 points, it's still the same on the record. But the competitive spirit against the Warriors, when the Warriors were really, really good, and you can argue they were an all-time team, the Jazz would play them tough. And here now, the Lakers 19-3, and so, you know, they're very good, obviously. And they didn't play them tough at all. I don't understand it. Memphis Grizzlies lost again. They'll be here Saturday night. They got beat by the Bulls, 106-99. No John Moran. He's got uh, back spasm, so we'll see how long he's going to be out for. But didn't play last night and not expecting him to play this weekend. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. I thought the officials were amazing. That's probably the best crew that's ever set foot on the planet. And I'll tell you this, a really brave and courageous crew. I mean, that crew, I would take them every single game. They're amazing. Laying it on thick. Mark Pope with some serious sarcasm. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to talk about the officiating, that's how you want it talked about. Yeah, when you think about it, right? Uh, I don't know who can reprimand you in a non-conference game. I mean, they do it in the conference games, right? And so it's not one umbrella like it is in the NBA with one league. So who would reprimand you, reprimand you in a conference game or a non-conference game? I don't know how that would be done. But the way he said that, I mean, he clearly got his point across, and it was funny. I mean, the, the best crew ever on the planet. I mean, that, that's high, high praise. Yeah. Free throws were 31 to 17 in favor of the Utes. The Utes 31. That, that number got pushed up by the fact BYU had to foul there at the end of overtime. But still, there were some touch fouls there, and you can see the bench just not pleased well, at yeah, all. I, it's not so much the three free throw disparity, and that often happens when you go out on the road. It was there, Hawes so. fouling. It was Hawes fouling yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, you're, so you already got Yoli who comes in and just looked like he was on another level than everybody else when he played. Yeah. And then he cramps up, so he's out. And then you got Hawes out. And, when and the thing Nixon. we talked about with BYU this year is the amount of seniors. And then Nixon fouled out. So you got three guys, one through injury, and the other two seniors who can't play, two of whom fouled out. And then, you know, once it got to overtime, Obviously, the the Cougars were in no position to win the ball game because uh, some of their better players were sitting on the bench. And the thing that really bugged me, though, is they're up three. And Jones is a nice kid, Jonesy Jr., you know, because I've known him. We've all known his dad for many, many years. He he was actually on the team my first year on the beat in 1993. And and I've always loved Chris Jones, so I'm happy for him and his kid uh, to be able to make that shot. But you're up three. How in the world does one of their three-point shooters get so wide open with less than a minute to go? It, it, I can't understand it, man. You should have been on him like white on rice. I mean, you shouldn't have had him within uh, six inches removed from you because he's one of the guys who can drain a three, and that's exactly what they needed. So that one possession really got under my skin from the Cougar perspective. That's and the one Utes kept battling, so good for them. That's one of the uh, Rick Majerus quotes that's always been one of your go-to. you got to know time and score. you got to know time and score. And you're getting down there, you know, there's only a couple possessions left in the game tops, and it's a three-point game. Yeah. Yoli Childs had 29 before he left the game, 29 points in 25 minutes. He was just crushing it, shooting 75%, hitting all three of his threes. 
And I was uh, talking with Gordy Chiesa, who did the post game with uh, pre-half and post last night with Jake. And I'm like, uh, what, what do NBA people think of Yoli? And he's like, if he shoots the three like that, he's going to be a late second-round guy. There's a lot of guys with similar skill sets who, you know, can go in those last 15 picks. But he's saying that you're going to separate yourself if you do that. And, of course, you know, we saw with Kuzma, you got all year to really turn the way somebody thinks he and maybe even do better than that. But right. that was a heck of a performance by Yoli while he was in there. He was, he was on fire. You mentioned Utah State. That was close for a half, and then they, uh, they opened it up and won comfortably in San Jose. They are now 8-1 and one after beating San Jose State 71-59. to 59. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Even the USC Trojans don't want to write $20 million worth of checks, PK. They're going to bring the coaching staff, well, at least the head coach back. We'll see how many changes they make the coaching staff. There are bound to be some, and maybe there'll be a lot. But Clay Helton's coming back for a fifth season in 2020. USC Athletic Director Mike Bone making that announcement. And you don't, you don't always see this much over somebody returning, but it's, it's USC, so I guess they can't help themselves. Well, I think the president really wanted Helton to come back. Uh, so she is going to have a lot of say, obviously, in that situation there. And when you look at it, yeah, they did have a large buyout, and that obviously gets reduced as time goes on. Uh, I've heard their offense coordinator uh, being potentially for Vegas job, Harold. So who knows who's going to come back there. But when, when you think about it, though, you, you know, I, I know they're USC, so it's ridiculous to compare them to anybody they compare to you you don't compare to them yeah. I mean that's just the way it works but look at it in football terms not outrageous USC football terms but just football terms right Kyle has two losing seasons in a row and he goes what do they want eight and four eight and five that first year in the pack and then they go five and seven five and seven right and so his job's on the line and then he responds with a 10 win season and that was 2014 and since then they've won 9 10 this year 11 except for the one season a couple years ago when they needed to reload a little bit at seven and six so you could argue last year the trojans after losing donald early to the draft they needed to reload a little bit last year not this most recent since the ones that just finished but the uh 2018 and they weren't very good in 2018 but they were playing with a freshman quarterback who got injured himself a bunch of times and so then this year they respond eight and four i mean it's not usc level but eight and four with another freshman quarterback basically that's not bad and you can make a we can make a case but once you throw the my point is you can make a case for just about any other team in the nation but once you put SC in front of it, all of a sudden, oh, he's got to go. You see what I'm saying there? I do. The the um, the leash is shorter at some schools than others, but there are a handful of schools where it is very short. And SC, they want they want Pete Carroll back. They want, if not Pete himself, they want that record back, and they think that's who they are. Well, that's who they are in their uptimes, and if you look at their history, they have those uptimes way more often than everybody else. But their fan base wants it all the time. They did not get nicknamed the University of Spoiled Children for nothing. And, you know, the banging on the trash can lids to get rid of Clay Helton is it just reinforces that nickname and you lived in la for a long time you heard that a million times i was in santa barbara i heard that a million times 
And Moosener Boosters go to town, and the way they talk about him is why they get that nickname and why they keep it. Yeah, I think a lot of it because of the spoiled children is because it was Southern California. So, and the S is spoiled and the C would be children. So that I think that's a lot of it why it goes. So if it would have been, you know, Southern California State, it wouldn't have flowed as easily. You see it would what I'm have been there? spoiled children state. Yes, I get the letters work. <laughs> but an easy attitude too. I'll bet South Carolina, which uses USC, which always confuses me whenever I hear that. And people are talking about South Carolina. Totally confuses me. I bet they don't. I bet they're not dealing with that. Colorado State's got an opening. You mentioned this a couple days ago, PK. And Mike Bobo is out there, so there are jobs open all over the Mountain West. CSU, New Mexico, UNLV. It's a quarter of the league. You're a really good yeah. big sky coach. Somebody must be calling, I would think. Uh, yeah, because that's the logical, and you might be referencing Jay yeah. Hill without saying his name there, but the way it typically works in this business is there is a pecking order, and Mountain West clearly is acceptable for Big Sky. I don't know that Pac-12 is from, you go from head coach from Big Sky to Pac-12. Well, Washington State tried it, didn't work very well, so there is that order there. So you would think that uh, those, those guys... Uh, Big Sky head coaches who've had success, which, heck, uh, what's his face? Troy Taylor. He did a phenomenal job in just one season at uh, Sac, State. Uh, Sac State, right? Yep. And Jay Hill has just been incredible. I mean, he's just been great. And then also you'd have to look at some coordinators, too, around uh, whatever conference you might be in. Not necessarily Big Sky, but certainly Pac-12 and, and maybe to an extent even uh, Mountain West. So those typically are the candidates. And if, if I were them... And they can take my advice for what it's worth, which is nothing, is try to find somebody who has some connection to the recruiting base, which has got to be in the West. I just don't see where Colorado State is recruiting nationally. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, I do. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I was surprised. If anything, I thought it would happen at the end of the season, to be honest with you. You know, I, I know you talked about doing some things differently, and I get that. That's part of the, the, the business of owning a football team. And at the end of the day, you know, when you lose football games, when, when you, you have a chance to win them, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's Ron Rivera. He is out in Carolina, and, and we talk all the time. And, you know, the thing you got to say in this situation is, the owner who hired him is gone now. And they've had the ownership change, so he's not really the owner's guy. So that's a factor. But they, if you have a pretty good run and you go to the playoffs three times in four years or four times in five, and then you have a bunch of injuries, is changing the head coach really a good idea? Look at how the Steelers have done it for a long time. Look at what the Ravens have done. You know, if you have an issue with the personnel and the talent level of the team, I get you can hold the coach accountable, but it seems kind of like a fake tough guy thing to do. Now, maybe the owner wants his own guy, and they'll go hire somebody who'll have a great 20-year run. But it's like that's the, – the Panthers haven't been great, and they've had a pretty good run under Ron Rivera. That seemed like a quick trigger to me. Uh, quick? I don't know that I'd use the word quick. You can maybe uh, say unfair, but how long has he been there again? Uh, eight or nine years. Yeah, so when you look at it from that perspective, to me, it's not necessarily quick, but that's just the nature of pro sports. It just hired seems like to be fired. just come and go. Yeah. 
Niners suspended their radio analyst Tim Ryan on Wednesday. He was on a Bay Area radio station and said the Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson's dark skin helps him disguise a dark football when running fake handoffs in Baltimore's zone-read-heavy offense. He'll not be on the broadcast for the Saints game on Sunday. I'd never heard of that one before. I don't think you're going to be hearing about it again either. Well, yeah, and he also threw dark uniform, and the the, day, the game was played in a, a at least a, a mist, if not rain, the whole time. Oh, yeah. So it seemed dark. I mean, deception for that. That was that was an unusual one. I was thinking about that. Should should pitchers? Well, they have that in in sometimes in baseball. They make them take off stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, for uh, contrast? I mean, they have the whole batter's eye for contrast. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. they do. And so I was trying to think, was, was there any validity to that whatsoever? Uh, what if the, I, I can, the only thing I can come up with, no, it was Lamar Jackson's greatness. <laughs> didn't necessarily have a huge game, but if you would have made the football orange or purple or pink or what have you, would that have changed anything? In my mind, no. It's Lamar Jackson is emerging as a potential superstar. Now in the NFL, we've seen guys do it, uh, but the great, the great ones. I mean, they do it year after year, right? So you know, you talk about how they adjust to the adjustments and also all that stuff. So right now, certainly, man, Lamar Jackson looks like he is just going to be a brilliant player. And 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 to me, that's it. I don't know if we're going to relate. I can relate this to. I'm not, not talking about the comment on the, the radio analyst. I'm, I'm off that now. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is bursting on the scene, right? And it's fun to watch. He's, he's, he's new blood, so to speak. And I find that interesting. And I related to Feinbaum's comments the day before and then yesterday about, oh, nobody wants to see Utah. Well, why not? And give, me, give me a reason why. Because that's like saying, well, man, I want to see Breeze and Brady in the Super Bowl again. No. I mean, if, if they get there and they earn it, fine, so be it. But if Lamar Jackson brings his Ravens to the Super Bowl, that's fresh. That's a new story. That's something that me as a sports fan is going to be very much entertained by and interested in following. And I've related to Utah on the same thing. If they earn the right to be there, that's fresh. That's new. Why put in... Just because there's popularity there, put in Oklahoma, who we've seen get in there and lose all the time, right? Why wouldn't we want something new as long as it's earned? And that's the way I look at Lamar Jackson. You know, I'm rooting for the guy because it's something new. It's a different story. I've seen the other story before. I like to see new stories. So as I was thinking about Feinbaum's comments yesterday, they become even more ridiculous this morning than they were at this time yesterday. So it comes down to, do you want to see the next big thing? Do you want to see Cinderella? Or you want to see, well, you can't see, I mean, Peyton's retired now, but it's like, it's Manning and it's Brady in the AFC title game again. And some people do like it. I mean, the Manning-Brady thing, they got huge ratings. And they went at it again and again, year after year. But how many people like, because Jared Goff, he was the new guy last year, right? And they had their run to the Super Bowl. And now... It, it, maybe it's the Ravens, and maybe they're going to have their run. And then, will they sustain or not? Patrick Mahomes was the new guy last year. Now, they've had injuries and all kinds of – he's been injured, too, in Kansas City. It's right. you know, not been a smooth ride there. Um, no, but can my you point get is there I'm and fine can you, either way. Yeah. Can you get there, and then can you stay there? Yeah. 
And can you stay there? Sure. And then we'll see if Lamar Jackson and Mahomes, what they do in the coming years. We know Manning and Brady, the answer to that is yes, yes. And Rodgers, too, maybe a lesser extent, but still yes. The comparison, really, uh, for the Feinbaum comments could in the NFL quarterbacks uh, could be, you know, you could be answering it on the treadmill every time you listen to Phoenix Radio. Do you want to hear about Kyler Murray or not? Is he the next big thing? Is he overhyped? You know, is he just a year away from doing what Goff did last year? and uh, doing what Lamar Jackson is doing this year and doing what Patrick Mahomes did last year? Or he's never going to get there. And it's just, that only matters in Arizona and nobody in Michigan or Florida cares whether Kyler Murray blows up or not. No, but if he does, we all will. And I I find that very fascinating to follow. So Utah's uh, inclusion in this story to me is fresh and it's worth following. NFL football tonight, a couple of 6-6 six and six teams. The Cowboys leading the NFC East by a game over Philadelphia. Uh, we'll play the Bears tonight, who are 6-6 six and six and three games adrift in the NFC North. So not much, not much of a path to the playoffs for them. They're, they're two games out of a wild card also. That's the Thursday night football game. It's on Fox, the NFL Network, and you can listen to it right here on the Zone Sports Network. All right, DJ and PK, Krug Volajek's coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll ask him, what's wrong with the Jazz? How long will it stay wrong? How long will it be until it's right? And we got an open segment next, so the rest of you can hop on board. Uh, The question's been up on Facebook all night. Little reaction to that, PK. The Jazz get blown out again. What is wrong? People have their theories. We will get to that next, DJ and PK. Headlines are brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Shamrock Plumbing. Bringing you what is trending here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing.